So are you gonna buy HBO Max, <laughs> or like, are you already own uh, something? I I don't own it yet. I you know I after after Watchmen I I let it go for a little bit. I think me and my wife tried to watch something else, mm-hmm. and then our schedules kind of just went all over the place, and so we weren't like able to really keep up with anything. But I I am. Mm-hmm. I don't know if my wife knows that or not, yeah. but I am. Nice. <laughs> um, I think what we'll do is we will like probably do another deal with my stepdad because he has Apple TV Plus, mm-hmm. and so I'll just be like, "Hey, if I get HBO Max, you give me, you know, the H uh, the Apple TV Plus," and that's what we've been doing. We've been trading our passwords and stuff which i don't recommend people (laughs) it's not technically it's not technically something you're supposed to do yeah but because but because we live in the same household that's why we do it oh nice Uh, yeah i mean i do the same thing with my family like i mean we pay for my dad pays for netflix and stuff and i pay for other shit so you know (laughs) you do what you can i mean if they give you up to five devices so like or whatever you might as well use them that that's true, but see, Hulu is getting smart, and I think because of Hulu, uh, Disney Plus is doing it also. I think mm-hmm. with like you can share your password mm-hmm. for like up to five devices, mm-hmm. but it needs to be within the same zip code, like oh, or billing address or whatever. Because if not, it'll automatically like see it, and then it'll shut that screen down. Oh. Yeah, so I've noticed a friend of mine let me borrow her account f- so I could play The Sims and have all the expansion packs. And, like, because I had bought, like, two myself, and she was like, oh, do you want all of them? She was like, I've bought them all. She was like, just sign into my account, and she was like, just be offline whenever, whatever. But I've noticed that mm-hmm. you, yeah, only one person can be online at the same time. She was like, you always got to be offline, because if somebody else, she shares it with, like, I guess, two other people. And she was like, oh, crap. yeah, she was like, so just automatically sign in and go offline. She's like, the only thing you can't do is download like new content, like because The Sims is all about customization. So like if somebody yeah. like me, I'm building the Batcave. If I want to put my Batcave up there, like I can, I just can't download while I'm offline. So I would have to just go online, uh, okay. which is not that okay. bad. But yeah. um, because like I don't really try to I mean, I'd get everything off of freaking uh, Google. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, I need a bat suit, yeah. blah, 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 you know, do whatever. Well, what what is you know? I, I saw your react video. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a Batman appearance in the Elmo show. Yeah. What is your what is your first go to when HBO Max comes on? Well, I don't. So like, I haven't seen all the trailers because apparently they're drop they dropped a good amount of shows. Um, oh really? Yeah. Well, like new stuff. Like I think Anna Kendrick's either getting a new show or a new like movie. Um, there's like some well don't don't get show. confused because uh anna kendrick has a show for quibi yeah no i know that i'm pretty sure she has an hbo max show like i'll look it up to, not Man, not a show but awesome. a movie um let's yeah. see uh if i type in hbo max but anyways uh to be honest my go-to is gonna be an old show yeah okay so this is, it's called love life and it is a official trailer for hbo max with anna kendrick um oh, yeah and then there, nice. there's also something about lady gaga i'm a big lady gaga fan so maybe i'll if it's a documentary i'll definitely watch that um but they've dropped like so i think the big thing on hbo is they are going to be dropping a lot of movies um on this thing instead of like making shows they'll probably be dropping shows. i mean everything yeah they yeah. the 
the way they explained it, like their their budget mm-hmm. for freaking these movies on HBO Max is like sixty four million dollars. Yeah. So that's like, if not a little bit more than what they spent on Joker. Yeah. So it's gonna be kind of insane. Like just to put it in perspective. Yeah, for sure. But there's there's a lot of stuff. Like there's a crafting show. They're bringing back the Looney Tunes. That's crazy. That's gonna be fun. Yeah, but the animation looks all... very different because it's. Oh really? I, I don't know if it's like like traditionally drawn or if it's digitally, and I could see how it's digitally done because it it does look slightly different. But it, if it's still the same comedy, I mean, if, that'd be cool. I was gonna say if it's still the same like slapstick, mm-hmm. I think I'll be fine because I grew up with waking up every Saturday morning, and me and my grandfather, yeah, just watching like four hours of Looney Tunes every Saturday yeah. morning. So, um, like, but I think my go-to would have been the Friends reunion, but it's going to be delayed now because of Corona. So, um, that sucks. yeah, cause they, I think they were going to, they hadn't even filmed it yet. So they were going to th- film this big thing and then, um, yeah, that's not going to happen, but honestly, it's going to be something old. It's either going to be like Dr. Who or fresh Prince or something along those lines. See, I think, I think cause usually the way me and my wife do things is, you know, she'll have a show that she watches on her own. I'll have a show that I watch on my own. And then we try to find something together to watch. Yeah. I think fresh Prince will be one that we both watch. Nice. I think that I have been getting in the mood to watch Doctor Who, mm-hmm. so I definitely want to do that. And then I have n- like I know that I have seen all of Friends, yeah. but I don't think I've actually like sat down and watched from season one to season what is ten, it like uh, ten? Yeah. Is it ten seasons? Mm-hmm. Holy crap! Yeah, yeah, I have not gone all the way through. Yeah, I've done that like three or four times. So wow, yeah, I've literally just when it was on Netflix, I ran through it probably like twice. So it was uh, pretty crazy, which I kind of want to do again with that 70s show. But I'm like, dude, I just watched this whole show. Like, because like I the crazy thing about it. And I think this is when, you know, it's a good show or you really enjoy the show is like when you genuinely finish watching it after the show's been over for like a decade and you're like, man, there's no more to watch. Like, it's just it's and you're still just like kind of yeah. emotional about it. I was just like, damn, because that's how I felt after that 70s show was done. And the last season wasn't even like the best because the two stars left. And it was just like random, yeah. but I was still like, oh man, it's over. It sucks. Cause they come back for the final episode. So yeah. I was just like, nah, but, um, yeah. well, like the, re- it, it's been hitting really, really, really hard. Like with this whole quarantine mm-hmm. thing, because you know, the, the binge model is something that a lot of people love. Yeah. And then you finally catch up to something and then you're like, well, crap, what am I going to do yeah. now? You know? Yeah. I jumped into, I, I've, I've hit that like twice already. Yeah. I, with, I jumped into Tales of the Loop, virus. which is executive produced by Matt Reeves, who is doing The Batman. And um, yeah. it's interesting. I will say that. So I don't know if you know what Tales from the Loop is or what it's based off of. It's based off this artist's like, ideas. It was so like his drawings, I should say. And um, I wanted to watch it because it had to do with Matt Reeves. I was like, all right, I don't know if he was directing an episode or if he was executive producing, but he is just executive producing. And um, it's like this artist used to draw i'm pretty sure you've seen the art before you've just like you just wouldn't know but um it was like regular just everyday paintings with like a random robot in there or like a random like futuristic tower like in a farm veal like just random stuff like that and they got really popular and um it was funny because my friend had just showed me these paintings i was like oh those look pretty awesome and then i, I saw the trailer for tales for the loop the next like day and i was like oh shit it's the same shit um, but it's a very sci-fi show, 
Um, but and it's kind of slow. I will say that like the episodes kind of could be paced a little bit better. But at the end of each episode, I've been like, oh, damn. I was like, that what? Like, it, I definitely question and like it made me think. So I like it for that spec, that instance, because it's a series that every episode is like self-contained stories, but it's all in a small town with the same people. So you see the same characters show up every once in a while or they're in the background or something. So, um, so like in a weird, like almost like a uh, West world meets. I've never pretend. seen Westworld, so I wouldn't know. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, it's just like, you see this, you see like a face from somebody from the previous episode and you're just like, Oh, that's that one guy. Um, but it's like self-contained stories. So I've been through three episodes and yeah, they've all been self-contained stories with these different characters. Um, but it has been pretty interesting. Like the the ending of the first one, you're just like, what? And um, this last one had to do with a girl that was obsessed with like living in uh, the last episode I saw was obsessed with a girl about living like living in the moment. And she discovers a like a time stopping device. And she just like lives in that moment forever. And she can stop time and huh. she just does whatever she wants. And uh, yeah, it was a really interesting concept. Um, that sounds like the Twilight Zone. Yeah, it, it probably is. I mean, uh, but I I think there's like eight episodes. I'm, I was going to watch the fourth one before we got on this podcast, but I was like, nah, let me play GTA. So I did that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, speaking of the Elmo show, though, it's it's weird that they're going to have Batman on there. And it's not like I, that would have been the perfect opportunity to get an actual Batman on there. Like, you know, dress up Michael Keaton or dress up freaking Ben Affleck or dress up somebody to. So I had a I had a small thought uh-huh. because if you look at the Batman that they use in that small in the in the clips, I'm, I'm sure, of course, this is an episode that has already been yeah. you know filmed and everything else. The way he is kind of acting with Elmo, mm-hmm. it reminds me a lot of, let's say, an Adam West. Mm-hmm. So. We all know that Matt Reeves is taking a lot of inspiration from the 66 Batman. Do you think that they're doing this in order to like prep us for a lighter tone Batman? Because this is the theory that has already come out since then. No, I don't think so. I think one, I I mentioned it in my react video to this. I think this is going to be a very cheesy show. Um, You know, because like even well, Jimmy Fallon's always kind of cheesy. Um, but when they had who he was interviewing some like Elmo was interviewing somebody and they're like, oh, my God, like, it's just, oh, my God, Elmo. Like, it's it's that over like like you're talking to a child that's dumb. Like, you know what I mean? You know, like adults yeah. talk to yeah, kids yeah. and it's I wish it would just be like a real interview. And I think that would be so awesome if Elmo is like straight up just interviewing Beyonce. Like, so Beyonce, you're like um, the greatest in the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just like straight up doing an interview with her and she just talks to yeah. Elmo like it's fucking an interview. Um, I think yeah. that would be awesome. And then you have Cookie Monster there for the comedy relief. Like, that was funny. Yeah, that uh, when he said don't cookie. Yeah, that was good. That, that, that was, was good. funny. So I'm hoping it's a lot of that. Like if there's a lot of just fun banter and it's not a lot of like, hey, we're doing a kids show like because you can make kids shows really good if you don't overly emphasize that this shit's for kids. You know what I mean? Because like parents have to watch yeah. this crap, too. You know what I mean? Like my. Well, yeah. And I think that's the that's the really cool thing, because, you know, I have a friend that, you know, is uh man 
her son has grown up so much since then. Mm-hmm. But when he was really little, the only thing she would allow him to watch, literally the only thing, was Sesame Street. Yeah. And if you ever watch Sesame Street on a regular day, they have like celebrity guests yeah. go onto that show to, you know, help with the lesson, whether it be with a number or a letter or like a like life lesson or a value or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they, the celebrities help like teach that lesson or whatever, yeah. quote unquote. But I, I think that they can do that with the Elmo show with Elmo being in charge, of course, mm-hmm. because it's his show. I think they can do it with, you know, at least having the, uh, like, still keeping the attention of parents yeah. or of adults. So I think I think it can still be legitimate. Yeah, I just want to see because, like, you don't ever think of late shows being for kids. You know what I mean? So I'm just very yeah. interested to see, like, if they're just trying to make this a family-friendly show, like a family-friendly late show, which I think would be kind of cool. Because obviously people, I mean, Fallon is a family-friendly show. Like, he does games and stuff. But they talk about some yeah. crazy stuff on there sometimes, so um yeah i don't know i i think it's just really cool i just thought it was interesting that batman's gonna be on there and i just thought it would have been a perfect time to have like robert pattinson on there you know what i mean um like hey yeah i feel like that's a little bit of a missed opportunity or like we've always said and i I think we will be beating a dead horse until they actually Mm -hmm. do this but you know when robert pattinson is finally doing interviews for the batman Mm -hmm. have him come in with a suit yeah That'd be kind of cool. But to answer your question, I don't think that this is preparing us for a lighter Batman. I think WB is very set on Batman needs to be dark and you can't have like a funny Batman or anything like that. Um, And if I'm not mistaken, technically, like, you know, they definitely wanted to get away from 66 Batman a long time ago. It's probably one of the reasons why they don't allow the blue cow anymore. You know what I mean? They're like, no, people will think of 66 Batman, which we've actually had that discussion oh, before. Um, but I I personally don't think that because a lot of people are like, oh, anything with the blue cows can't be. And I'm like, ah, bullshit. I was like, some of the best stories are with the blue cow. Um, yeah, for but sure. Yeah, they might just not want to do the Adam West thing. And especially since Reeves is probably doing that a lot. Granted, if he brings in the blue cow with the white eyes, I've already said, like, I'm done. Like it's the greatest Batman movie ever. Cause that's all I fucking want. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I'm just like interested. I don't think it's going to be blue cow, obviously, cause we've already seen an all black suit. So they're probably going to stick with the black suit. And granted, we've never seen anybody do the blue suit in a Hollywood production because maybe it just doesn't look good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think we're going to get a campy Batman. I think it's going to be serious. And I don't think, freaking pattinson would sign on for a campy batman too um he seemed no that's yeah. true that's i think true. he's done he's had his very campy characters uh in his life and i don't think he wants to do that ever again so i think no, just I- imagine imagine that set visit though like for robert pattinson mm-hmm. like he he thinks he has like this brooding emotional like character study of bruce wayne batman yeah. and then he goes on set for the first day and they're like, all right, uh, now you're at a teenage prom and I need you to dance with all these uh, kids. Yeah. It, like, wait, what? Yeah. That, that would have been interesting. <laughs> but you know who could have definitely done that? And it segues into our next story is freaking Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, because yeah. this story came out. It, it, we got some really weird news just all this week when it came to just news for comics and Batman and stuff. But... It came out that Darren Aronofsky 
who, if anybody doesn't know that name, he's he made Requiem for a Dream. He made The Fountain. Um, I forgot what was like one of his big movies, uh, Black Swan. Like he's made yeah. a lot of big movies, and they're usually pretty like in your face, like hardcore movies that are always rated R and stuff like that. Usually have a lot of sexual, like um, in, not innuendos, but like scenes and stuff like that. So he's not a very PG or PG thirteen director. And they're large, like, think pieces. Yeah, also. for sure. Like, psychological things that, like, fuck with your brain and stuff. So, um, yeah. he apparently had pitched a Batman movie. And in this pitch, he wanted Joaquin Phoenix to be his Bruce Wayne. Which is crazy, because everybody knows Joaquin Phoenix just became arguably one of the best Jokers of all time in his movie, mm-hmm. The Joker. So, it's crazy to think that Joaquin Phoenix has been up for Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman and Joker... But uh, apparently, WB, I'm assuming because they've owned the rights forever, uh, did not want Joaquin Phoenix as Batman. They wanted Freddie Prince Jr., and that is why that movie did not go through, um, from what the article I read. So I thought that was yeah. uh, just random, interesting news that, you know, because the headline you see everywhere is Joaquin Phoenix could have been Batman. And, um, but then just reading that Freddie Prince Jr. was the guy that, could have been Batman back in the day, which is so weird. And you know, f- for me, and you know, you, you did you did bring up this the the Scream movies mm-hmm. or whatever. But you know, in my mind, because of the age that we are, when you say, "Oh, you know, when Freddie Prince Jr. was like really you know popular," I'm like, "Oh God, that was back in his like Scooby Doo days." Yeah. And then you said, "Okay," and Scream, and then he was in not another teen movie. Yeah. Uh, and doing all sorts of, you know, just crazy stuff. Like, he he had, like, a good, like, three to five years where he was in at least two movies. Yeah, for sure. Like, in a, in a full stretch of the 90s. And I I don't know, because I think that would have been the youngest Bruce Wayne. Oh, Wade wait, hold on. Correct, because I know people are fuming right now with what we just said. He was not in Scream. He was in I Know What You Did Last Summer. That's the one. Oh, that's, that's what, what it is. is. That's what it is. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Nev Campbell was Sorry, in people. the other one. Was in Scream. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking of um, Dewey. What's that guy's name? Um, the cop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking uh, of that guy. Jesus. Uh, he was married to what's her name from France. Um, yep. Yeah. I, I, I just remember his face. I can't remember. His yeah. Name. Anyways, that guy. But, uh, so. But yeah, I think this would have been the youngest Bruce Wayne we'd have, we would have had on screen. Like, yeah, out of all the actors that have been playing Batman, he would have been the youngest. And I'm not quite sure how I would have felt about that. Yeah. But at the same time, you know what? Everybody said that Heath Ledger would have been crap. Like, that was going to be crap as Joker. And he had done a lot of those kind of weird-ass movies, too. So you just never yeah. really know, man. Um, and we know he's he is a huge nerd, though. Like, he knows his shit. I mean, he took people to school when it came to Star Wars. So, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's also a part of the uh, DC Universe. Like, they have, like, a game show, like, every Thursday, mm-hmm. I think, or Friday. I can't remember, on the DC Daily yeah. or, like, just on the app in general. Yeah. And he's a part of that as well. He's a really big nerd. Um, I would have liked to pick his brain. Like, now that this article has come out, I'm sure somebody's going to, like, flag him down and, like, talk to him about it. Yeah. And it's very interesting, too, because you can kind of think of, like, how many people could have been Batman. I saw an article today that, that apparently Hugh Jackman was not supposed to be Wolverine. It was supposed to be the villain from 
uh, Mission Impossible 2. Like, that guy. But apparently, because Mission... Well, I know that, like, at one point, Russell Crowe had auditioned for Wolverine. So, uh, no, I, maybe that's true. I don't know, honestly. I've never, I haven't seen that before. But in the article I read today was, it was this guy from Mission Impossible 2 that had already got the role. He, like, he had it already. And oh, I know exactly which guy yeah, you're talking and about. And apparently, yeah. uh, Mission Impossible Two got delayed, and Tom Cruise was like, "You can't do this movie. We have to finish this movie." And he's like, "Dude, I'll just do both." And he's like, "No, you're gonna do this movie." And that yeah. is totally something Tom. Cruise yeah, exactly. Done. So uh, apparently, yeah, that guy and I, I, that dude brought it up in a, I guess an interview recently. He was like, "Yeah, I should have been Wolverine," um, but it was all on Tom Cruise. And so, like, yeah, he just straight up called him out. So I was like, damn. But. And Tom Cruise, that's why you didn't get the Iron Man job. (laughs) But you know what? Boom. Thank you, Tom Cruise, because I can't see anybody else being Wolverine besides Hugh Jackman. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, that's just a happy accident. Well, it sucks for that guy because, you know, Tom freaking Logan had, uh, what, eight movies, some shit like that. He was in so many movies. Um, so yeah, it sucks for that dude, but I, I don't, you know what, whatever. Um, that's the show business, baby. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, anyways, uh, I guess the biggest thing we have to talk about for sure, but when we have a lot of stuff to talk about today, surprisingly, but the biggest thing that I think everybody in our audience currently right now is, I guess, dreading, or maybe they love this. I don't really know, but we got the word that due to coronavirus, due to the delays and we don't know when filming is going to start up for the Batman again is Batman has been delayed to October 1st of 2021. So we are losing what June, July, August, September. So being pushed back five months, four months or so five months. Yeah. It's, it's about four to five months. And I already like see the stupid arguments that like, Oh, Batman wimped out. Spider-Man gets to, you know, take the crown Mm -hmm. for, you know, the the summer box office and idiots don't even understand that spider-man has also been pushed back yeah so. has it even started filming no yeah so like no, they they've already said that it, it could possibly be delayed and marvel has already announced like basically every movie that marvel announced within the last you know year for 2021 yeah. uh they all moved like each movie just moved in the spot that came at, like comes after yeah so all of their movies are backed up. This coronavirus is a bitch for the box the, office, and it's kind of terrifying. Yeah, the thing that sucks, man, is we should have already seen Wonder Woman, which blows. Not, like, due to the current date, but we should have saw it in December. But they pushed it back to June because they wanted it to be a big blockbuster summer movie, and now we're not going to get it till the fall. Because, like, it's... I mean, I know August technically is still freaking the summer, but it's. I think it's going to get pushed back again. I I I genuinely think it's going to be pushed back again. I think if anything they should move it back. They should move it to a December date because at this point I don't think December is really crowded with anything. Yeah. And I think that you either you either go to December or you go up against James Bond. Yeah. Um and I mean those are two different different movies for sure and they I think they do draw two different crowds. There's some mixture for sure. But it's, I don't think you would be fighting. I think James Bond versus Wonder Woman is a more desirable matchup than Wonder Woman versus Black Widow because that's yes. the same audience. 
And so, um, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. But I will say that I think, I don't know why, and see, let me know if you agree with this or not, but I feel like Wonder Woman is a better movie for a holiday season than Black Widow because Black Widow has a very serious spy vibe. And it doesn't look like it's going to be a very very chill movie. It very much does. Uh, From what we are seeing from Wonder Woman, and as much... Because I think there has been a total of three different trailers, uh-huh. but they all show the same thing. We haven't really seen new footage for Wonder Woman. Yeah. And I I think that with how, with how good Wonder Woman was mm-hmm. and the hype around this movie, I genuinely think as long as you get it away from the, like, once theaters open, yeah. you know that first month that you know first two months really i think as long as you keep it away from there it will do well anyway like i there is an argument that says you know it probably won't make as much money now because of the coronavirus probably because people are going to be scared to go to the movie theater they're not entirely sure if it's safe whatever blah 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 but i genuinely think that it will do good almost anywhere yeah I will watch this in theaters. I will wear my mask. Uh, I don't really, I don't eat a lot of stuff anyways when I go to theaters. But um, yeah, I'll roll up to a theater with a mask on to watch Wonder Woman. Um, (laughs) I got no problem with that. I mean, I got to wipe my palate clean from watching Bloodshot. That is the last movie I saw in theaters. And before that was Birds of Prey. Don't remind me. Don't remind me. That was all you. Hey, hey, (laughs) we got to go support Isa Gonzalez, okay? We don't have that many Latinos in the fucking <laughs> movie industry. We got to support who we can. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah. So so what are your thoughts? Like, do you think this delay is going to change the film at all? Like, do you think Matt Reeves is looking at anything? Like, oh, he did say, you know, we talked about it last week, that he is looking at dailies. And now that it's going to be in, like, October, I wonder if they're going to try to, like, maybe make it a little bit more you know dark or moody or maybe it was already going to be that way like i'm just very curious on if the area now is going to be because if you can make that movie seem a little bit more halloweeny then maybe even people that don't aren't into superhero movies will still go watch it you know what i mean because it's like oh it's the season like that looks kind of you know spookyish. um so i don't really know if it'll change up the vibe at all i think it'll definitely work when in its favor 100 percent. i think it's going to work in its favor I think that the marketing for it will change mm-hmm. dramatically because of it. Um, I think it does very well for, especially because the rumors are true. If if the rumors are mm-hmm. true, I, I don't want to say that the rumors are true because we don't know. But if the rumors are true that this movie is, you know, somewhat based on the long Halloween, yeah. that's going to be awesome. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. It's going to be a great feel. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. That'll be pretty awesome if it is based on the long Halloween, because then you can just use those like modern day like versions of the comic book covers and stuff as posters, yeah. which would be kind of cool. Especially if the teaser image that everybody said they were going to use it, which is from the long Halloween of her of Catwoman on the um, the sp- of the Bat- yeah signal? with Batman there, that would be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what, um, what happens with that. Uh, one thing we didn't mention either is, uh, since, you know, Batman's been pushed back, of course that makes everything else kind of up in the air. Shazam's been pushed back. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, like a couple months, uh, from where it was at. Yeah. I think, 
I think it was a couple months, and even uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I don't know. He if said he was going to be delayed. Have really, yeah, yeah. He he doesn't know how far mm-hmm. it's going to be delayed because uh, he's kind of in the dark yeah. because he is. You know, he. I'm sure he has so many projects. You yeah, know, you know, going that are supposed to be going on right mm-hmm. now, but he is just spending every freaking day freaking pumping iron yeah. now that he is staying at home or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he, he's even said that he doesn't know anything as far as the future of the DC films, yeah. as far as filming, but that he, nobody should fret because this is a hardcore project that he's been yeah. wanting to do. Shazam is but pushed back seven months to November. Seven months. So, which sucks cow. because the first film had to do with Christmas, which that's when the movie should have came out. But it came out in April and it was a Christmas movie, which I think that was just another yeah. bad thing that happened too. But yeah, this is pushed back to the freaking um yeah the this it was supposed to start filming soon if i wasn't if i'm not wrong if i wasn't mistaken because uh, it has an april 1st release date of 2022 that was the original date now it's been pushed back seven months and crazily enough the movie that we never think is gonna happen the flash got moved up a month which was just the yeah. oddest thing uh got moved up from july 1st to june 3rd 2022 um yeah one month yeah so that'll be interesting seeing where that goes but uh the funny thing was is david sandberg actually posted something from cryonics institute which i guess has something to do with shazam i don't i don't know that reference or anything like that but he posted that photo um on twitter like on april 20th so um yeah i don't know if they were like just starting to do props and stuff or is that something from a while back i have no idea what the reference is to um but it says like uh, David, how do you manage to keep kids looking young until then? And oh, and then he put like this cryonics institute thing. So I guess they were asking like the kids are growing up fast. You know what I mean? So he just made a joke. Oh, yeah, I don't know yeah. if that has anything to do with Shazam or if that's just a joke that he did. I have no idea what the reference is. But um, even though, yeah, even even so, that's that's kind of hilarious. Yeah. So um, yeah, so the you know everything's being affected by this. For anybody that thinks that the world has not. You know, it's the world's the same. And, you know, nobody's doing it now. It's it's changed. So that yeah. is a uh, pretty pretty crazy. Now, um, of course, James Gunn did come out as well. Um, he always does his Q and As, and he was uh, asked a lot of different questions. I always follow these things, and I don't really like. You know, it's very rare that he does put out a um. I don't know, like how do you say, like something very notable, like oh my god, like I can't believe he said that. Uh, and, yeah. you know, he was doing it again this week, and it seems like on his Instagram stories, let's see, I'm trying to find out what he asked. Okay, um, he says he opted for the Ragtag Band of Villains. Uh, there was only really one other IP I did any work on at all, just to see if it would flow for me personally. He went on to add, other than that, I was just considering if any of them were right for me. Somebody had asked him, he said the Suicide Squad flowed uh, just perfectly. But somebody was asking him, like, what like how much he did for the other two ideas apparently that he has with DC because like uh, he mentioned it a few months back that um, DC offered him anything, like whatever he wanted. They're like, what do you want to work on? And you know, he could have done Superman. He could have done green lanterns, but he, he said suicide squad just felt perfect for him. So, um, but he did an idea on another project and he said he wanted to see how it flows, but suicide squad apparently beat out that idea. Um, and then they asked him, uh, once again, uh, whether or not the Suicide Squad is a, rebo- a reboot or a sequel, uh, is still hanging over our heads when a user asked, 
do I have to watch the first Suicide Squad to understand yours? He replied, no, you don't. So for those people that are, you know, curious if it's a reboot or a direct sequel, it doesn't look like there's, you know, it just looks like they're keeping the same characters, kind of forgetting that story, most likely. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens there. And then, uh, let's see, Gunn was also asked a simple question of Harley or Joker, and which led to a lengthy reply, oh, I love the Joker, but Harley is one of my favorite characters I've ever written. In fact, she's probably my favorite comic character whose personality was well-defined before I wrote her for the screen. She is an, incred an incredible companion to have while writing her insane actions and dialogue. Did I say I love her? And uh, yeah, so nice. I'm really excited to see what he is going to do with Harley Quinn because I really enjoyed, I mean, I absolutely love Karen Gillan from Doctor Who, and she was pretty much the reason why I went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't care about the hype or anything like that, but I was like, oh, Karen Gillan's in Guardians of the Galaxy? Like, I want to go watch it for her. And just seeing how different yeah. she was, like, obviously from her character of Doctor Who to being that serious, cold, like, nebula, I'm, like, interested to see what he does with Harley. Um, like, if he's gonna... Obviously, he knows that she's wacky and zany, so there's gonna be, probably be a lot of that, which, you know, that might be work really well for her since he is coming from that kind of comedy of Marvel, and I know some people might hate that. But, again, I always say, like, if you haven't seen James Gunn's like movie catalog, the dude can do drama and like serious and intense things really well. So I'm excited. Well, I will say one thing that, you know, when it comes to Harley, mm -hmm. not everybody can write Harley. Yeah. You know, us as comic book fans, you know, you can look at Sam Humphrey's, you know, Harley Quinn run. A lot of people don't like it. Apparently. Yeah. Is that you the know, current I, one? I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I can't read that. The, 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 the main book of Harley yeah. Quinn. I follow a lot of different... Uh, I'm in a lot of different like comic book chats on my phone, whether it be in Slack or Twitter or whatever. Yeah. A lot of people don't like Sam Humphreys, mm -hmm. but a lot of people like Tom Taylor's Harley Quinn. Yeah. And he's kind of gotten a voice from her uh, with Injustice, Injustice 2, mm -hmm. and now with his Suicide Squad. So he's had a lot of time to really develop that voice. But, you know, this is technically going to be a new voice for Harley because it's in the hands of somebody new that we haven't seen handle Harley yeah. Quinn. This will be the third time, the third new person. Yeah, so this will be the third person to handle Harley Quinn. I am hoping that it's a happy medium because I, I liked her in Suicide Squad, mm -hmm. and I feel like she was a little over the top in Birds of yeah. Prey, but I think that the the essence of who Harley Quinn is was there in birds of prey. Mm -hmm. It, you know, just wasn't managed very well. So I think, I think James Gunn has the background to have that happy medium, yeah. but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely going to be pretty interesting, but I, I do think James Gunn will do a very good job of it because, you know, he is a comic book nerd and he's done two comic book movies already. So um, I think that'll be really awesome. And, and he seems so passionate about this film. And I think it's also like, I'm excited to see what he does with the film overall, just because this is the, the I'm going to come back and show you I'm a badass like moment for him because he lost oh, everything yeah. because of that stupid scandal. Granted, Disney was just like, nah, we're good. We just made you look bad for a little bit. Here's your job back. 
um, which I would have personally not taken that job. So he's a bigger man than I am. I would have been like, fuck you. Like, you know what? Yeah, that's so true. So he's, he's definitely a bigger man than I am. I would have been like, I'm going to go to DC and make DC all this money. Um, because nobody in Hollywood wanted to touch that job. Everybody's like, fuck, hell no. Like, everybody's going to hate my version of this. Um, so, yeah. I mean, if, if, uh, what is the name? Taika didn't take it, nobody was going to take it. So, like, because I true. feel like that yeah. was, the Guardians are exactly what he would do. And he did it in, he pretty much hinted at it in freaking, um, wait, was it, I don't know. I try to block out Ragnarok from my brain. Um, when did they meet up? Just in, in Endgame? Is that the first time, right? In no, it was Infinity War that they first met. Thor? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, all right. Because I try to forget Thor 3 at all costs. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. I'm excited for it, um, but it'll, we'll, we'll have to just wait and see. I'm just Harley, Paul Dini-esque, favorite character he's ever written, whatever, blah, blah. It just gets better and better for me. I just hope I'm not let down by it. It's the only thing for I sure. ask. For sure, for um, sure. So yeah, so we've gotten a lot of that news. That is technically all of the movie news we have for that. We do have some news about the Harley Quinn show, which we will talk about at the end of the podcast when we review the episode. Um, but I think the next thing I want to talk about is this. It's it's a concept, but at the same time, it's kind of a philosophical idea that, um, I'm, oh man, I'm forgetting his name. David Lindelof, right? Is a guy that does Watchmen. Yes. He came yes. out and said, okay, so there's this director named Nick. I think it's, I want to say Pizzolato is how, but it's obviously <laughs> an Italian name. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know how to say it properly, but that's the way it sounds. That's the way it's spelled. Pizzolato. A Pizzolato. Um, but anyways, is uh, this director is best known for HBO's True Detective. Um, and yes. so that is very popular show season one from what i've heard i heard season two is kind of whatever i think there's a season three that was also very good um there was yeah season three and uh season three i heard was very very good and even ray fisher was a part of season oh one. really nice yeah so i don't know um this doesn't really say where this comes from but i guess i'm assuming he was doing an interview and uh it says, because uh, this, this, I'm getting this from BatmanNews.com. There's, uh, this is the way the article kind of starts, or the area where he starts talking about Batman. It says, to be super clear, uh, Pizzolatto doesn't have in no way connected to the Batman film at this time. It's just a fun little exercise. Um, and this is what he says. Batman is the only character in the world I didn't create that I want, uh, that I want a shot at, the writer said. Uh, and he is the only piece of geek culture I have any affinity for. Um, and then, you know, he said he did a bit of a deep dive. He's like, Batman's no kill policy is valid and should always remain, but the policy does not exist because killing makes me as bad as them or some kindergarten bullshit. I hate that freaking term. Like that whole, I, that whole saying is just really stupid. There was like no need for that part, but whatever. Um, that never held any water at all. He, he went on to add Batman's no kill policy exists because Batman's real and eternal enemy is death. Death is the real enemy, which I thought was an interesting concept. Uh, and then he goes on to say, Batman's superpower is not money. Batman's superpower is that he thinks of everything uh, and he has the strongest will of the species. If he had some time to, to strategize, Batman could credibly defeat God. And then he went on to finish by saying, and his money doesn't matter. It's merely a convenience. It actually adds to his hero heroism. 
uh, his wealth means he could have done literally anything else what, uh, than what he devotes his life to. And then that went on to say that um, that's when David Lindelof came on and said, like, can we get a, a petition to get this going? You know what I mean? Now, yeah. one, like, I want to talk about this. I, what did you think of what he said? Now, I mean, if people haven't listened to Juice's other podcast, mm -hmm. me and you have a very intense conversation about religion. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say intense, yeah, intense, but we have an elaborate conversation yeah. about religion. I am a religious person, so I kind of scoffed at this, mm -hmm. but I understand that this is something that a lot of people talk about. Yeah, for sure. As far as like Superman and God and Batman and God, and then you go to like, you know, Wonder Woman and Thor and like you, you get all into the, you know, the actual hypothetics of this question. Yeah. I, I thought it was very odd. Yeah. To be honest, like just because like just the concept overall, mm -hmm. like this is very much a, like a, a weird freaking Todd McFarlane image book. I feel like yeah. Batman versus God. Mm -hmm. That uh, title would sell though. That title oh, yeah. would sell. I'd buy that in bold oh, yeah. letters. Batman versus God. Like that's all you need on the cover and I'll buy it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember a comic book strip where freaking Jesus fought Zeus. I don't know where it's from. <laughs> all right. But I saw, I, I saw it before. Civil and it's War an actual what? comic. I don't know what it is. But it was like it was like actual, like religion mm -hmm. and like freaking Greek gods and stuff. It was it was weird. But this is you know, and then you because I, I actually sent this to you yeah. on Instagram, and then you sent me the picture of Batman on the Mobius, which chair. is from Jeff Johns' run. And he, Jeff Johns' run, and he he even says, "Oh, I'm a god yeah. now." Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> Um, but you know, the, the concept of him, of Batman, mm -hmm. of Batman, like his, like his enemy is death. Yeah. I don't think that's necessarily true. Mm -hmm. Cause like you said, you know, there's, there's one or two sentences in that whole statement. That's kind of like, yeah, the, there's a jab, the killing, there's a jab somewhere. Yeah. In there. The killing makes me as bad as them or some kindergarten bullshit. I don't think that's kindergarten bullshit. Like... I think I I can understand where he's coming from because I think there is that mindset when it comes to actual reality in life. You know what I mean? Like there are times that people are killed for a bigger purpose. Granted, I think we yes. can all agree that killing is wrong and nobody should be doing it. But if somebody's yes. like, hey, I'm this big superpower like from another country and I'm going to do terrorist stuff to you, you're kind of OK with your country being like, hey, we're going to go kill those guys before they kill any more innocent people. You know what I mean? And that's where we kind of toe the line where we're like, OK, I guess it's fine. Um, But I don't you know, <laughs> you have to be a different breed of person to be okay enough to live with that because i don't know if i could personally just push a button you know what i mean like if if you were yeah, done with sure, the dark sure. knight mentality of like oh those are all prisoners over there press this button they all die and you live i don't know if i could be that guy you know what i mean because i'm like oh i definitely yeah. couldn't I i'm could just not. like i was like yeah they did some shit but they're like locked up like you know that's what they do you know 
So, and I know a lot of people are saying like, oh, I could do that in a heartbeat. It's a lot different when you actually have to push the button. You know what I mean? In the hot seat. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, um, so yeah, I don't, I, I can kind of get where this guy's mindset probably is with the kindergarten bullshit uh, statement, which I just don't agree with, but you know, it's whatever. But I will say I, I am interested in his idea of death being the biggest thing. But I think that is because one, I love Batman, and two, I have a problem with death myself. Death. So, which is also something that we talk about. Yeah. If you guys haven't podcast. listened to that podcast, you should just go listen to it. It's pretty solid. It's um, but maybe I'll probably link it in the description of this. But uh, yeah, it's it's very interesting. It's a very interesting concept because one, like I said, that book would sell, or and and I would love to see this as a show, but like Batman in a like. And you don't have to bring in the Joker or anything like that. Like, you could have um kind of in the background if you wanted to. But just having, like, a six-issue miniseries of Batman versus God and him trying to, like, it's just like this psychological thriller or this crazy just idea of him trying to best the biggest hurdle known to man. You know what I mean? Like, well, I have a question mm-hmm. for you, actually. So you'll know this a lot like if you know the answer you'll know it and because there is a story uh famously drawn by Jim Lee mm-hmm. uh it is called For Tomorrow mm-hmm. and in that story there is a very famous conversation with Superman talking to a priest mm-hmm. is there ever a story in Batman where he has a legitimate conversation with somebody religious i like talking about god and all of that i wouldn't be surprised i there are a bunch of books on my shelves that i have not read so i can't think of one immediately but i'm pretty sure somebody listening to this podcast is like oh yeah fuck yeah he does it on this one blah blah blah." you know what i mean um because there's 80 years i mean 80 years and he never talks to a priest would be crazy um but you know we've had if you do know let us yeah, know for sure hit us up on instagram or wherever um you know we have our stuff in in the descriptions but i will say that you know we did see the idea of him and religion in tom king's run when everybody yeah. got went batshit crazy saying like oh batman's an atheist which i had to make a video about because i thought it was so stupid i was like no he can't be an atheist because he literally fought so good he literally fought gods before like it makes yeah. no sense that he would be he can be agnostic, you know, he could be like, you know, something like that. But atheist means that there is no God. Like, you know what I mean? You believe in no God. And it would just for the character of Batman with the continuity that we have would make no sense. And, and he also, became a God. Been, and there's there's plenty of times where Bruce has gone like near death mm-hmm. and either hallucinated or thought he saw his parents. Yeah. And the only way you could think that is if you think of something like a heaven or yeah. hell, to be honest. You know? Yeah. Uh, which Well, it, I think some people would way- say that's very different. Because, like, people would go into, like, spirituality. So there's there's oh, a big true. thing there. Because, like, the one thing I've listened to, I listen to a lot of podcasts on, like, different subjects and stuff. And people that do, like, hardcore drugs, like DMT or whatever, say they go on these crazy spiritual adventures 
And um, that's when they they become like real spiritual or they, you know, they kind of actually get away from being atheist or whatever, because they're like, dude, there's something out there. I don't know what the fuck it is. I'm not going to put a label on it, but like there's something bigger out there. So it's very interesting. So I think uh, people that are spiritual could probably put up an argument against that um, because they, you know, they see shit. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like I thought this was just a, this was this would definitely be a show I would want to watch. I don't think I would want to see it in a movie form because I think it's too long. Like the, to actually make yeah. a good concept or just if this guy's a writer, write a fucking book. You know what I mean? Give this guy oh, six yeah. to 12 issues to write this story of freaking Batman trying to beat God. Like if I was Jim Lee and I saw this, I'd be like, oh, yeah, let's make it happen. Like um, because I think that would be I would read this. I think that would be so awesome. And I think you can make an awesome cover art. You could literally have Batman on the steps of fucking heaven. You know what I mean? In front of the pearly gates. Like. You could have so many good imagery with this that I would read this. Um, but yeah. And with with a book like Metal, mm-hmm. Batman has technically almost gone through hell. Yeah. So like, I, I could definitely see yeah, it. Yeah, but I will say that I, for somebody, because this guy seems, um, I don't know if I want to say a little pretentious, um, but, you know, he said that he... It's the only piece of geek culture that he has any affinity for. Um, You could take that as like, maybe he's just not a kind of person that likes geek culture. Maybe it's kind of a jab. I don't really know. Maybe it's not. But only Batman's the thing he cares about because geeks. I would say filming is a really big geek thing, but whatever. Um, Anyways, uh, I just think for somebody that could possibly not give a shit about comic books and stuff, he kind of knows the character pretty well. Like, you yeah. know, for saying that, like the, the 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 freaking line of, you know, he's actually his money doesn't matter. It's merely a convenience. It adds to his heroism because with his wealth, he could actually do anything. But he devotes his life to the cause like that. Yes, that is spot on Batman. And for somebody yeah. that, you know, may or may not know a lot about comics or this character, that's a pretty great fucking like, you know, sentence for batman and uh, yeah i'd be down you know what give this dude a freaking comic book series if anything because it doesn't look like he's going to be able to touch batman anytime soon um unless you know hbo and wb are like yeah go ahead and do this show on hbo fuck it which would be cool um but yeah i don't know i think it'd be fire i think you do it in comic book form first if it sells well you do it on hbo max yeah i could see it i could see it i could definitely see it in like yeah, I, I don't know what it is with me in anthologies, mm-hmm. but if there was like an anthology of DC yeah. on HBO Max where like you can do like random one-off episodes of different characters, yeah. do one episode of Batman versus God. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Um, I don't know, man. I would just love to see. I mean, if this guy did True Detective, like, and apparently, like I said, that first season was fire or whatever. Uh, I would love to see him tackle something like this because like even with Watchmen, like Watchmen was so out there, but it's still connected to the source material. It felt like, and it was a good show just on its own feet. Like even if you knew nothing about Watchmen, yeah. it was still good. So um, yeah, I don't know, man. I think this is just very interesting conversation. Uh, again, I didn't agree with some of his choice words, but you know what? Everybody has their own opinion, can say whatever they want. And uh, but I will say for somebody um, that wants to do something with Batman, the guy has me intrigued. I would love to see what this person could do with the the content, you know. 
So yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so we're actually going to end this podcast with the Harley Quinn episode, but we have a quick review for you guys and kind of a little bit of comic book news. Clay's going to go ahead and uh, level this one off because apparently uh, Scott, I was going to say Zack Snyder, Scott Snyder is uh, doing some really big things in DC and it might be for, you know, a bunch of big reasons. Yeah, so uh, there was an article that actually came out uh, between our last episode and, and today when we're recording. Uh, Scott Snyder was very conveniently out of town and in Hawaii when uh, Dan Didio got fired. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was rumors that, you know, basically Snyder had told the DC either Didio walks or I walk type of thing mm-hmm. and lo and behold did was gone and he is still here yeah and then the rumors started like just flowing about okay is 5g even gonna be a thing anymore what's going on is snyder gonna be the new jeff johns of the dc universe right now what is going on so he went on to have this interview talking about how 5g is no longer going to be a giant, you know, step in the future of DC Comics. Instead, it's going to be almost like a like, uh, what did I what like did I call it? End? Was, yeah, almost like a futures. Oh, end, I think kind of just like, like what a, you said today. You were saying like a celebration. Yeah, almost like a celebration of DC Comics and the five generations of heroes that have accumulated in the eighty years of comics. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Then, so, because he said there is still, like, a whole six titles or, like, six issues of titles that that's were That's what we've heard. Completed. Did he confirm that's that? That's what we heard. He did confirm oh, okay. it. He said they're still coming out. But it's not going to be this large footprint mm-hmm. in the DC Universe. So, it almost is going to be, like, a convergence, but without... it's it's So, not a convergence. Let's backtrack. Yeah. It's going to be more like a Future's End. Mm-hmm. So they're going to just put it out there, say, okay, hey, here is this. But he is going to move DC forward as a whole, continuity and everything, with Death Metal. Yeah. He is going to be implementing things from Jeff Johns' uh, Doomsday Clock uh, with his story of Death Metal. And it looks like there are brighter futures for DC Comics. Yeah. Now, when I've heard this, I have been one of those people that it was very... Uh, cautious and very weary of 5G. We've talked about it here many a times. Um, you know the the really big thing coming out of that that uh, of 5G was the fact that Black Batman mm-hmm. was going to be a thing, and that was going to be Luke Fox. And then they were also going to be bringing a writer to write uh, Luke Fox's Batman. We don't know exactly what that is going to entail, or if that's going to still happen. As far as the, you know, Luke Fox taking the mantle for a short amount of time or whatever. But it seems that 5G is no longer going to be a New 52 or a Rebirth, you know, a staple in in DC's continuity. Which I am very happy for. I am happy to hear that they are actually being a, you know, collective unit in moving forward with DC continuity. And... Uh, you know, I, I've i heard a lot of people on both sides 
loving and hating Scott Snyder because if you read his stuff, a lot of his stuff can be very wordy. It can be a little dense. It can be, you know, just he can drag stories on. Mm-hmm. I understand that with some of his, you know, later years of the Batman New 52. Yeah. But I still enjoy it. I still very much enjoyed it. I enjoyed this Justice League run as long as it took. Mm-hmm. I still enjoyed it. But I will say there is a lot of things that were still being meddled with with that Justice League run. So now he has free reign to do almost everything that he wants to do. And I'm okay with that. I'm totally okay with that. You know, it is, of course, something that uh, we still have to wait for because comics are not coming out. Now, I will say Jim Lee has been making the rounds on, like, uh, Kevin Smith's podcast as well as i think he did uh several other interviews but he basically told uh one of these interviewers that dc comics is gonna start coming out on tuesdays instead of wednesdays really yeah i wonder if we'll get our books on thursdays now yeah so that is that is something that is very odd Mm -hmm. uh and you know, I wanted to confirm this. There is a Twitter account named DC Nation. It is a checkmark account. It is run by DC Comics. Mm-hmm. And they even said on May 5th, which is a Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, they said Flash 553 is going to be coming out. So it is confirming that books are going to be coming out on Tuesdays. But it also makes me question if they're only coming out on Tuesdays for digital only. Mm. And then physical copies will be released on Wednesdays. Now, this is a concept that has been, that was all the way introduced back in New 52. Mm -hmm. And it was pitched to come out early. So that way, because a lot of people, even people in the industry, I had a couple conversations today, uh, there are two different markets mm-hmm. for one for a person that is completely digi- completely digital and somebody who is completely physical. Yeah. I genuinely think that you know the people with that mentality are correct. There are two mediums there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that it can bring in a whole new market. We see things like the uh, Batman the Adventures continues. Mm-hmm. That is something that is going to be digital only they announced that when the book was announced that was not a surprise to us but we know that it'll eventually get a collected physical copy Mm -hmm. i think this can work i genuinely think this can work you know the people who love their digital books can get their digital books and the people who love their physical books can still get their physical books yeah so you're thinking that only digital comes out on tuesday Yes. And then everything still stays on Wednesday. Yes. Oh, interesting. But this does leave DC to be the first books to be reviewed. This leaves spoiled. DC, yeah, spoiled a little bit by a day. Mm-hmm. But at that point, the people who have physical copies or want physical copies can just say, okay, I have to be careful on social media for one day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but also DC has announced that they're bringing back because this is something that they did do, uh, back in the day, uh, I would say late new 52 ish 
was their digital first concept, mm-hmm. which is basically um, what they're going to be doing is uh, the first, I believe it's the first week of every month. Uh, they're like throwing out like random stories. Mm-hmm. Now we are going to be talking about one of them tonight. I do believe. Yes. Uh, I believe it's called Batman Gotham Knights. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's in partnership. But the, the story is called Medal of yeah. Honor, yeah. Uh, these are actually just the Walmart 100-page issues. Really? Uh, yes. These are the, the reprints. or Because the, the Walmart stories, when they first came out, had a wide variety of creators on mm-hmm. them. But when those stories finally finished, they started to come out with new content. And those started to be sold at comic shops as well. But if you notice, we never got the review copies for them. Those were something that were exclusively, you know, just once you get them, you get them. Now they are going to be digital firsts. And I think this is a really cool idea. Uh, And if you go to any of the DC accounts, you can see the explanation of DC firsts. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it basically says check... You know the first seven days of the of the month, basically, or something like that, yeah. and they'll have like random stories uh, this week. Because I even bought the Wonder Woman one. Mm-hmm. There is a Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. Aquaman is gonna be tomorrow, um, and they'll start you know just pumping these things out, and I think that's really cool. That's dope. So, and they're only a yeah. dollar. Yeah, it's only ninety nine cents with tax. I believe it's like a dollar seven. Yeah, of course that's taxes in Texas. I'm not sure how it all will be anywhere else, yeah. or if that changes anywhere else. Technically, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, I I don't do finances like that. Yeah, but um, super cheap. Uh, I've enjoyed the Superman one. Uh, haven't read a really good Superman book in a quite a long time. Mm-hmm. Really loved it, and I haven't read the Wonder Woman yet. I'm probably gonna do that right after this. Nice. But uh, I really enjoyed this Batman one. Yeah, yeah, this is pretty cool. Uh, I will say before we move on to this, I this is the only thing I'm worried about with Zack Snyder. Zach, God damn it, Snyder, Scott Snyder. Fucking the other one doesn't even <laughs> won't even release stuff about his next movie. Um, but Scott Snyder, I just hope whatever the hell he's doing, he is not gonna try to make that bullshit last night on Earth continuity somehow, because we're getting that Wonder Woman style in death metal because we know she ended up getting like if she gets a mohawk at the end of freaking you know death metal that means he is 100 percent trying to fit his freaking last night on earth ending to be dc continuity and that's how the end the world ends and i will tell you this right now because i've said it many a times if that does happen and i ever become a batman writer i will ignore the fuck out of his continuity (laughs) i think that genuinely because he does make the comment that is very confusing to understand what continuity yeah. is because he does he does that he does talk about black label he does talk about the wonder comics he does talk about all these other things and he wants to streamline yeah. it uh in a in a way that isn't confusing so i do think that i i think that he is okay with last night on earth being its own thing mm-hmm. uh and then moving forward and because he is very much somebody who is for the fans. Yeah. He is very active with his community, with his fans, with DC comics. Uh, I genuinely think like he is there for the comics and he is okay. 
people are not going to like this, so we need to stop doing that. And what people have very much been complaining about throughout this whole thing with Rebirth, and you know, then they eventually just went to a regular DC Universe, is that the stories and continuity are not matching up whatsoever, yeah. and books aren't selling. Yeah. And when I say books, I mean some other writers. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I wonder but, uh, who that could be. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. He at one point, what like the truth of Superman mm-hmm. was the was number ten in top selling that month, but the issue right after was the top thirty four. So, yeah. So, but you know, I digress. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say that. I think Scott is genuinely there for DC Comics and the fans, and he knows what people want. And so I think that as a world builder, as a universe builder, I think he has the big plans for it. He has the big mind for Mm -hmm. it. Uh, The execution is a team effort. Yeah. So I genuinely uh, would like to see something of like a panel maybe, because I don't know if you remember this, when uh when rebirth was first announced i think it was a new york comic con mm-hmm. or maybe even just like a regular summit um they had a huge panel with every single uh creative team that was going to be on the new books and they each had their turn talking about like basically pitching their book to the fans yeah. uh i think they need another one of those because that got me so hyped up to start collecting comics again mm-hmm. and i think that dc fans need that right now because they haven't been getting anything for so long. I think they would need that, but they also need a new format. Like I said, I think some of these books need to go down to 12-issue series. And like, not everybody should get a bi-weekly book. I mean, I think that's what yeah. needs to be done. And I think they need to mention that they're like, hey, look, we know you know, people love these characters. But it, you know, in these financial times, you're not able to collect every book. So what we're going to do in the future is we're going to have this schedule... And you will be getting like you know pre- periodically a new character book every you know for three to four you know five weeks or something like that. Um, I think that's something yeah. that needs to be done. But yeah, man, look, uh, I know I mentioned this on the podcast before, or I we've definitely talked about this in person. But I told you that Scott Snyder was going to be the new guy. He was going to be the new Jeff Johns. Was going to be the new guy to start building the world yeah. of DC and everything. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems what happened. I didn't know he was going to do a cutthroat move and kill somebody in the process. But, you know, I always thought he was going to be the next world builder. Um, Because I think, you know, I I feel like Jeff Johns is the guy everybody wants to be in comics. Whether you're in Marvel or DC, I think everybody sees Jeff Johns. Because he's still relatively a young dude. And his career is just amazing. And, like... I would love to have that career. I would love to have half of that career. So um, I think that's what everybody you know strives for, and I think Snyder's probably in the same light. He probably doesn't want to be Jeff Johns, but he wants a career like that. And I think you know for sure got to be a world builder to do that because at the end of the day, like if somebody says like, "Oh man, post rebirth was some of the best stuff I ever read," then you're fucking Jeff Johns over there patting. I mean, you're you know Scott Snyder patting yourself on the back, and be like, "Yeah, I did all that." You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. You know what? I I will. I did enjoy Justice League when I was reading it. I did think it was a little long. I did think Year of the Villain kind of hampered a lot of series. 
But you know yep. what? If he is going to try to connect all of the world, connect all these stories, and you know, build something new, I'm down for it. I just don't want any more Batman who laughs. Like, do not give me that shit for another 12 issue series, and Batman can't even put a scratch on him, and then it's a freaking I just, thing. I I just need Bendis gone. Yeah, I still I still think that contract's <laughs> what probably like five years. Yeah, so. no, like, and, and it sucks because, like, right now, during this whole quarantine thing, I'm reading a lot of Marvel Unlimited, mm-hmm. and I'm reading freaking Ultimate Spider-Man, and it is quite quite possibly the best Spider-Man I have ever read, yeah. and knowing that Bendis wrote that, it really hurts my heart. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just one of those things, man, it might not, we gotta remember, too, this dude almost died, like, as much as we don't like Bendis as a writer now, like, we don't know what you know, when you almost die, like I said, for those, oh yeah, this happened since the last podcast. I just went through something like super traumatic recently. My grandmother fell down. She broke her leg. Like I had to call the ambulance. I found her. Like it was a whole bunch of shit. Like it really fucking sucked, but it fucks with your brain. You know, like I didn't sleep for yeah, a couple of sure. nights. Like I was just like worried about her. Ben has almost died. So like, you know what? He was a great writer, but maybe he's like, you know what? I just want to fucking have fun and write comics. You know what I mean? And maybe that's what yeah. he does. Unfortunately, that doesn't work for us, but maybe yeah. that's where he is in life. You know what I mean? And again, it's totally fine to disagree with his writing and not like it and all that. That's, you know, I say don't buy it. Don't read it. Don't talk about it. That's how you, you know, show your disappreciation for it. And that's not even a word, but you know what I mean? And um, yeah, so like, but still, I don't, I He's shown that he's great. But another thing is we've learned is a lot of great writers tend to fall off over time. And I think that's one of the reasons why Jeff Johns is also so high up there is nobody's like, oh, yeah, that Jeff Johns series currently fucking blows. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's written so much, but yeah, he's he's been very consistent. Yeah, very consistent from day one to now, because even that Shazam run that did get delayed a lot was really good. Yeah, it did have like a hiccup here and there, yeah. but because he had like such great cliffhangers mm-hmm. and then like, you know, just the story continuing was really good. Yeah. And that's kind of what like brushed everything else under the rug kind of, kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. So like even his, you know, the stuff you think is not good is still readable and, you know, decent. So yeah, yeah I don't know. So I'm excited to see that Snyder is going to stick around and we're going to get more Snyder stuff. Um, You know, I'm excited. I'm very curious if Tinian is going to stay on now because that is Snyder's boy. So I wonder if he's going to get a longer Batman run or if he's like, well, fuck, I just exhausted my whole storyline in 15 issues. Like, what am I going to do now? Um, And what's going to happen? It'll be very interesting. You know what? Like, I wouldn't mind. And this is weird. I wouldn't mind seeing what a woman would do with Batman um because i can't i don't i would be okay yeah with i don't think we've ever had a female writer on the main batman title for a long period of time now i believe there have been women that have wrote the batman title but it was probably one shot i don't think they've ever had a long story arc um yeah so i'd be very interested in that but i'm not gonna lie i cannot recall in recent readings that i've done of female writers where i'm like fuck man that was great so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I would I would genuinely like to see, and if I am misstepping at all, mm-hmm. Juice, let me know. <laughs> Fans, let me know. But genuinely, I want to see a wave of women, and I'm sure that, you know, 
most writers are all connected because I know that Marvel and DC kind of have like, you know, uh, I wouldn't say camps, but mm-hmm. like writing summits and like artist summits where all the writers and all the artists like get together and they like bounce ideas off each other and things like that. Yeah. I understand that that is something that happens, mm-hmm. but I would love for a wave of female writers to kind of just like stand up and be like, Hey, we want to write comics. Yeah. Cause I mean, we, we know the bigger names like G Willow Wilson. We know, uh, Kelly Sudaconic. We know Gail Simone. We know the Benson sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, I want to see more female writers yeah. to be, to be genuine. I think I wanted uh, to see more new writers period though, too. Yeah. And and that was one thing. So I had a I had a really good conversation with some friends mm-hmm. um, about five G because at that point I was just like, you know what? At at this point, I need something new. So I'm okay with five G coming in as long as there's new talent. Yeah. Because clearly, some of these other writers, I do enjoy them, but the stuff that they're writing isn't hitting. Yeah. So let them write some of the twelve issue stories. Let them write some of the you know, random events, but I want new talent to bring in new ideas. Yeah. And I think that unfortunately with the stigma of comics and just, you know, America right now, that there isn't a whole lot of, now I, I know we know a lot of female nerds, yeah. female, you know, comic lovers, but we don't see a whole lot of, uh, female creatives. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So I I would like to see more. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think and I would like to see more diversity too. Like the artists are very diverse when it comes to like, you know, ethnicities and stuff, but I don't oh, see that yeah. too much with writers. I want to say no. some of the best drawers are people of color. Like I mean, oh, you yeah. have them on the Batman book right now. Freaking um Yeah, Jimenez, yeah. um Marquez on Batman Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, you got, um, I, be- I believe Jen Bartel is a person of color. Mm-hmm. I, I believe-, believe Tony Daniels is as well, right? Yes. Yeah. Tony Daniels is a person of color. So like, uh, there are a lot of artist names mm-hmm. that are people of color and they do an amazing Hell job. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think I see a whole lot of women artists to be completely honest. Yeah. And I will say the ones that are in it are, very distinct artists like Joelle Jones. Again, I I, I recently yeah. got in the Reddit game, but even in the Catwoman subreddit, everybody agrees she draws the best Selena Kyle, and yeah. I think yeah, she's freaking gorgeous. I would love to see her do more Batman. To be honest, um, I would love her to be the main artist on Batman. Uh, but you know, I think she's about to start doing Lady Killer again, so I don't yeah. know if she'll be working with DC for the moment. Um. And, uh, yeah, but I mean, I was eating up her cat, her Catwoman run for a while, uh, until she like got off as writer and artist and it was kind of weird, but whatever. Um, even though I thought that could have been a lot better, I still, it was gorgeous. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I definitely do want to see fresh talent. Um, but at the same time, I want that fresh talent to be good because it's nice to have diversity and new people coming in, but it's not nice to read shitty content. So you know what? I'm just going to throw that out there, too. So, yeah. All right. So we do have one book to actually review, which we have said this is called Batman Gotham Knights, if I'm not mistaken. And I hold on. I didn't notice. Is it spelled with a K or an N? Is it actual knights? It is. I got to uh, look on my Goth- app. 
No, it is knights as uh, with an N, not a K. Wow. So I've always heard the rule of thumb is if you ever use the word knights, it always has to have a K in it. Um, but I guess that is not problem. I guess that's not true here. Um, but anyways, this I was very surprised because this was drawn by Jim Lee. And I was like, holy yes. crap. I was like, Jim Lee on a Batman book? And like, you just know I it's didn't, Jim Lee. I didn't realize that it was Jim Lee until the like the actual like first page that has panels. Yeah. Uh, just that close up of the police officer. For some reason, I was like, oh, that's Jim Lee. Yeah. But of course, you look at the cover. That is clearly Jim Lee. I don't know why I didn't realize that in the very beginning. Yeah. But uh, but what do you think of this book? So, yeah, so we do want to do want to clarify that this was like a 10 page book with a like six page story of Batwoman at the end of it, because it's a whole 18 page yeah. book by itself. But like, yeah, one of the pages is just the bat symbol showing that we're switching yeah. stories. So this this is like I said, this is part of the uh, 100 page giants. Of course, they didn't want to put the entire 100 pages because the back half of those giants are just reprints. Yeah. So they just wanted to put out the like newer content. Yeah. So the, the concept of this whole story, Batman talks very little in this, uh, which I've always said is probably the best thing about Batman because the inner dialogue is always the best in my opinion. But um, this is kind of a narration, this whole story. And the whole concept is clowns, which we could assume they're Joker's goons, are shooting up the GCPD and the GCPD is getting worked. Like they're getting shot. People are going down. They even, we find out at the end of the comic book, a couple people died and it's just this narration of talking about running into battle and how Batman's, how, how I read it was, it was about Batman, but we find out later on, it's about kind of like soldiers and that kind of mentality. And it's Batman running into this gun blaze, but there's so much gunfire that he has to be like smart about it. And he teams up with another. He teams up with another officer. They throw smoke bombs to push back the fighting, just to get a little bit closer and a little bit closer, because they're trying to get the injured people that have been shot. And uh, yeah. you know, they they eventually get all the people in the way. And when Batman gets to the final person, he finds out it's Jim Gordon. And um, if I'm not mistaken, I think what he scares off the people, but he like stays with Jim to save his life. Yeah, yeah, so they they were able to catch, I think, like, there was a total of three uh, clowns that had Jim, and they were able to knock down two, and one was able to get away. Yeah. Uh, and then he stayed with Jim the entire time. It does look like Jim was injured during this, whether he was shot or not, we don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think it but, says he was bleeding. Like, he was bleeding, and yeah. he stayed helping him, yeah. Yeah. Now, the really big thing with this book is you find out at the very end, the very last page, uh, you see Batman, you know, on a gargoyle or, you know, just up on, on some sort of building. And then you see a panel of Barack Obama giving this medal to the soldier. And you're like, whoa, what is going on yeah. here? And you finally realize that this is, this is an actual, like, all the narration is actual, like, verbiage of a... Uh, Barack Obama speech uh, speech that Barack Obama gave to this one soldier uh, and the story is called Medal of Honor the reason being is that this soldier by the name of yeah it's, uh, hold on. it's right here it's Sal Gutina Gutan Gutan I think it's how it is. Sal Gutan I think it's what it says okay yeah yeah uh he was the only person at like he was the only person to get a Medal of Honor uh, metal yeah 
while he was still alive. That medal has only been given to people that have died in battle. Yeah, the last uh, person, uh, let's see. The, the last person to get one while still alive was in World War II. Uh, uh, he was, no, this is, it says, it says it at the bottom. He is the first living soldier to receive that honor since the Vietnam War. Oh, Vietnam yeah. War. Okay. So, cool. if I'm not mistaken, the guy, so, check this out. Um, Because I don't know how this was worded, but, so it says Brad Meltzer is the comic adaptation of this but it says the story yeah. is by sal the guy that got the actual medal of honor so yeah, i don't know if this yeah. guy was involved in the writing or if it's just because no, I, it's a he is the main person and then the adaptation is done by brad yeah because the i think it was because the last page shows obama yeah the second to last page you actually start to see like soldiers yeah like in a different place yeah and this tells the story of this one soldier that he was being berated by bullets and he refused to stop because of his comrades, of his friends. Mm -hmm. uh, and he saved a whole bunch of people. Yeah. And that is the reason why he got the uh, medal of honor, yeah. which is really, really cool. Yeah, no, it was a really awesome story because one, it's a true story. And two, I love when true stories, because if, if, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this whole concept is using that story of that brave soldier and applying it to how Batman is, right? Yes. Okay. The the way the way the story was told very much mirrors what Batman is doing at this time in this alley yeah. with the firefight between the clowns and the GCP. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And and it, it there's a statement in the story that says like um, referencing Sal. Uh, which was the guy that got the Medal of Honor, saying that he didn't want any glory, he didn't want any fame, which is basically what Batman is. Batman doesn't want any glory, yeah. doesn't want any fame. He's just, just trying to do the right thing. And so, yeah, I really enjoyed the story because, you know what? Every once in a while, I don't need Batman to fight Joker. I don't need Batman to fight Two-Face. I just want Batman to do good. And I want him to be a hero. And I think that's a lot of stories that we don't see. Everybody's like, I want to write a Joker story. I want to write a Scarecrow story. Like, everybody just does that. I'm like, dude, you don't need to. Like... I, that's what I loved about reading uh, No Man's Land. There was like, I think there's a whole book of just side stories of Batman helping random people. And like, yeah. I love that kind of shit. And like, because just kind of like how Tom King made it all happen in the, you know, in the annual number four, Batman does this shit every single day. And not every single day, you're not going to fight Joker every single day because he's in Arkham half the time. You're not going to fight yeah, Two-Face sure. every time because he's in Blackgate, you know? So eventually you're going to fight the petty thugs or you're going to fight just the goons. And um, sorry, I got the burps. But you're going to definitely, you know, Batman's going to go through this kind of stuff. And I thought that was kind of cool. And it, and, and I enjoy when it shows like, oh, yeah, officers are down and Batman's got to save them and stuff like that. Like, that's really cool. Um, and I think that's just why I've always kind of just respected the character of Batman, you know, because he doesn't have powers like the dude. For, which it's I don't think it's ever happened in 80 years, but he gets shot in the mouth and he's done. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's just able yeah. to freaking defend that. Although if you do read Batman Odyssey, he's got a freaking plan for being shot in the mouth. So, um, yeah, but that was that's a different <laughs> kind of book. Um, so, well, I also I also want to say this book again just shows like, man, I missed the blue suit. Yeah, I dude. The blue suit. Like, I don't 
there is i mean i have it i bought the freaking you know alex sinclair no is it scott williams i bought the scott williams because alex sinclair is what the colorist he's the uh he, he is the uh inker okay wait William, no, no no sorry no penciler is is jim lee yeah. inker is williams yeah and then uh sinclair is the colorist yeah, okay That's right. so i bought williams freaking uh drawing oh it's colored and everything so it's all three of them to be honest because they're all signed it when it was at comic-con jim lee came to our comic-con in our city when comic-cons were actually a thing and um he had a booth and scott williams was there and i bought this 250 dollars print i have no problem saying how much it was because it was fucking gorgeous because it's when catwoman it's with batman and catwoman and he's like holding catwoman's face in the rain like it is one of the most gorgeous pieces Ever. Part of uh, Batman 50 in yeah. Tom King's run. So fucking gorgeous. And I had to have it because I love that cover. I bought, I believe I have like the tinfoil cover as well. And like, I just, I absolutely love that art. And uh, I was like, I need it on my wall. I still haven't framed it like badass, but I have it. But it's that blue suit, man. The blue cow is so freaking good. I buy a lot of like, you know, figures and stuff. And if, if you give me an option between blue and black, I'm always going to pick blue. Because I just yeah. it looks so good, and uh, Jim Lee is like one of the best like ever. Like he's just especially drawing. I think one of the best pieces of Batman art ever. I think it's from All Star Batman, if I'm not mistaken. Is this one where Batman is like punching through something? He has blood all over him, but he's in the blue suit and he looks so aggressive. He's got the stubble on his freaking chin and shit. Like he just oh, looks yeah. that so. Is Batman. It's got like a white background. It's so awesome. It pops yep. so great. Like. Yeah, like Jim Lee is definitely going down in history as one of the best Batman artists of all time. Um, oh yeah, and, I mean he already is, and like Which what he's doing he, right now. At one like at one at one point in his career, people told him, "Hey, call us back when you learn how to draw fingers." Yeah, like that's how his career started. Yeah, just to let you guys know, he has the record for the most comic book ever sold. Like, you know, with the X-Men, like, it's it's insane. Yeah. Like, he's a legend. And, like, I've been in his presence, like, a couple times. And you're just like, whoa, it's Jim Lee. Oh, my God. Uh, it is just like, yeah, he's he's an awesome dude. I hopefully get to work for him one day because he's a badass. But, yeah, the, the you know, the dude is awesome. This art is awesome. But there was also a mini Batwoman story. And I have to say, I really enjoyed this because this was pre-Batwoman. She was, uh, she was training in the Army. And this was kind of a, if I'm not mistaken, an Afghanistan story. They were looking yeah. for a terrorist that uh, did like a car bombing or something like that outside of a wedding. And, you know, apparently she's like fresh out of the army. She's like a, I would say a freshman. I don't know ranks and stuff, so correct me. Um, but she's like a cadet, basically. And she's yeah. like, why am I even on this mission? You know what I mean? But apparently she just can like read people. And they were like, we need her on this. And she ends up finding this terrorist guy. She's like, yo, that's him. And uh, there, a shootout happens. Like, her teammates get all pegged down. There's only the last guy left. She chases him into a cave. And, uh, you know, she's not, you know, she's fearless or whatever. Uh, there's this cool silhouette where this guy shoots off rounds at her. But it's in a cave, so it freaks out. And all these bats start pulling out. This guy gets super scared. And it shows, like, her with her gun, like, about to smack him. But she's kind of, like, in a silhouette of a bat. Which looks really awesome. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the next panel is like she's dragging him out of the cave and she's like, I got him. And her like, you know, captain's all like, so you want a medal? And that's just kind of like how it ends. Like, you know, you're not going to get any, you're not going to get special treatment here. You did your job, whatever. 
yeah. um, which was kind of cool. And I'm pretty sure that's how, I mean, I'm, I'm not in the military, but I'm pretty sure people are like, yeah, what you want a cookie? Like, you know what I mean? Like you did your fucking job. <laughs> um, but it was kind of like a prequel to Batwoman. Like she's not Batwoman at this time. And we know that she went through her own struggles and training to become Batwoman. And I mean, if you've seen the CW show, you know that she was a, you know, military child. Her dad's in the military. She mentions her mom and daughter. I mean, her mom and sister being killed uh, in this little short story too. And uh, yeah, it, it was just a really cool moment. But I will say, man, reading this story and reading the Batman one too is I would love for Tom King to write a Batwoman story in Afghanistan. Oh, with his background? Yes. That would be cool. Yes. That would that would be awesome. I would love that. That's the first thing I thought of. I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, just give me Sheriff of Babylon, but with Batwoman, like, undercover. Like, that would be yeah. awesome. Um, because I've always thought, like, you know, and, and it made me think, too. I was like, you know what? Batman's the only one that, like, I mean, Batman travels all around the world and into space and does everything with the Justice League. But he's usually the one that's always in Gotham, you know? Everybody else kind of branches out because they're like, all right, well, this is Batman's territory. He's got it. Let's uh, let's fucking dip out. You know what I mean? And we've seen it. Like, Red Hood is, you know, traveling the world with the outlaws. Batwoman just came back, you know, in Batgirl from the last time we read it. But she was chasing KG Beast all over the world, apparently. And, um, yeah, I like, I want to read other stories of other Bat family members in other places. And I think that's what I, I kind of liked about All-Star Batman with Scott Snyder was when Batman was traveling all over America. I was like, oh, it's cool. He's in different places. That's not Gotham. Like, it's just cool to see these characters in different environments. And if you're going to take him to a desert city, like freaking Afghanistan or some shit like that, I think that'd be awesome. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought this story was really awesome. I thought it was cool. I'm liking these, uh, you know, these digital first things. I mean, I've bought three now. I've never really bought in digital comics before this because one, we get them and two, I buy the physical copies. But um, if you tell me I can't get it in physical form, it gives me a reason to buy it digitally. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I think it's a thing that works. I think they just need to pop out some more. Um, don't overdo sure. it, though. That's one thing. You got to keep them at a dollar. I think that's why these work so well. Is because yeah. they're at a dollar. I'm like, oh, a dollar? Nothing. Like, I got that in my couch cushions. Um, so, yeah. Lucky. Yeah. So, <laughs> I thought I thought that was really cool. But uh, we're going to go ahead and end this podcast with uh, our review of Harley Quinn Episode 3 of Season 2. But before we do that, we got some news that Clay is going to hit us with right now about Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn Season 1. Yeah, so uh, this has apparently been in the works for quite a while. Uh, the showrunner actually uh, announced that on Twitter when it was announced by Sci-Fi that Harley Quinn Season 1 will start airing on Sci-Fi starting May 3rd. Uh, I believe that is a Sunday. They're going to start airing it on Sunday nights. Uh, I will say, though, uh, I believe that Sci-Fi is almost kind of like FX, like the later it is, they're okay with like throwing an f bomb every once in a while. Uh, in there. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, one of my favorite shows in recent date, which it got canceled. I hated it. Um, I hated that it got canceled. Was Happy? Was pretty uh -huh. raunchy. Um, that came out I think after nine o'clock. And also, um, oh my god, what was that assassin show? Um, Deadly class. Deadly class. That, if I'm not mistaken, the main character does it with the Latina girl, and I think it showed boob. So, 
Yeah, I think it's definitely <laughs> not normal. Like it's not regular TV. You know what I mean? They they can okay. The- yeah. So so this does work out in sci-fi's favor. Um, you know, at first I was kind of like let down that DC Universe would do this because of 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 course the excludes the exclusivity. Yeah. Oh, I can't even say that word. Um, of the shows because we see, of course, Harley Quinn. We know that, you know, freaking uh, Doom Patrol is going to HBO Max. We know that Stargirl is going to the CW. So it's kind of depressing to me. Well, at first it was that all of these shows that I'm being able to watch because I pay for the service is being offered everywhere else. Yeah. And, you know, Juice did, you know, bring up a point that, okay, yeah, they are showing these things via, you know, CW, HBO Max, sci-fi. But hopefully, and I really do hope that they do this, while they are airing those episodes, they better throw in a advertisement for the app. Yeah. Like, that needs to happen, to be completely honest. So that way, people are incentivized to be like, okay, you know, I did finish season one. Um, I don't necessarily have to wait for season two, because season two is already on the app. Let me go ahead and purchase that one month. You know, I'll get the one month free. I'll be able to binge watch the entire season two. And hey, look, there's a whole bunch of other stuff here. Maybe I'll keep this app in the future. Yeah. You know, hopefully that does happen. But we will see. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. Of course, we watch, we have the app. So we watch Harley Quinn every single week that it comes out. Uh, so those of you who aren't, you know, in the US that can watch the DC Universe app, you can now watch it via sci fi. Yeah. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a cool thing. I will say though, like I love sci-fi. I think they got some really good content, but I feel like it is a channel where good shows go to die. So um, <laughs> I'm kind of worried. Although, granted, this is on a streaming service that is just kind of like a rerun. You know, like Friends is shown on every freaking channel you can think of because it's yeah, a syndicated show. Um, since this is digital content, they don't need to worry about syndication because they can just do whatever they want. So selling this to sci-fi, I think, you know, gets them some money. They're like, all right, cool. Now we just got the money for maybe season three, which, you know, yeah. maybe that's really cool. So they could just start pimping out their content like a season later or whatever, because obviously they have a deal with Netflix. You know, the seasons finish on CW and then boom, they jump over to Netflix. So, um, yeah. you know, they you got to you got to keep making as much money as you can off this content. And if, you know, if that's going to selling them to other channels is going to get us the next season and the next season of Titans and this and that, you know, I'm all for it. Um, but I I do think it is inevitable that it is eventually going to get merged with HBO Max because I, I want to say HBO Max was saying that anybody that I guess basically if you have like Go or Now or whatever, all of those are getting HBO Max. Because yeah. I think they're just all going to get collapsed into HBO Max. It would be stupid to have all I, those. I genuinely think that what will end up happening, because don't get me wrong, DC Universe has a good catalog of comics, mm-hmm. but they don't have everything. I genuinely think they still have a lot in their library uh, that can be put onto the DC Universe app. Yeah. Because when you compare it to something like the Marvel Unlimited app, Marvel Unlimited is only comics. Mm-hmm. So if you take out the space of all of its shows that that leaves a lot of data space for more comics. So I think it can turn into just exclusively older comics. Mm -hmm. And I think that can still work out 
in DC's favor if they do it that way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for for all of these shows, because HBO Max is going to have a kids category, so you can even have the kids shows that are on DC Universe on HBO Max. Yeah. So I think it will work out eventually. Yeah, and I think like even if even if it if DC was only going to be comics, maybe you drop it down to five bucks a month. You know what I mean? Like, then yeah. you get all the comics you want. And then, then you're, what, beating Comixology? Like, you're beating, you're beating Comixology by $2, and you're beating uh, Marvel Unlimited by 5 if you yeah. drop it down to $5. Yeah. So, because right it, now, I, I pay $10 a month for mm-hmm. uh, Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you could do that. Or maybe keep it at the same price, but say, hey, you know what? Like, instead of waiting a year... In six months, you get the new the new comics that are just out. You know what I mean? So, like, if they wanted to offer something like that, like, you could do that and get people to pay it monthly. I don't know. It's really up to them. I mean, they're obviously in charge of it. Uh, before we do review this, though, I do think if we don't have a lot of content for next week, obviously, we'll review Harley Quinn. But I was randomly in the Batman subreddit, and I saw somebody talk about this random Warren Ellis story. And I flipped through it, kind of blew my mind, but I think we should talk about it. On the podcast, it is called Planetary Slash Batman. And I think it's only one issue. But, dude, I flipped through it. There was like... Is it on the app? It's on the app because I, I started flipping through it. I I randomly... I was like, okay, this is a Batman story. I flipped through it. Fucking Adam West showed up. And I flipped through it some more. And another Batman showed up. And I was like, what is happening? So, I think it's a random story we should cover. Cause Planetary Batman Night of Night on Earth? Yeah, some shit like that. Like, the cover has, like, a... It's, like, a clock or something on it? Let me see. It's... Is it ye- yellow? It's yellow. It has his face red. on it and stuff on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just look I at it. I am adding it... I'm adding it to my read. Yeah, it was weird. List. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Um, but it's by Warren Ellis. And I saw a bunch of pages where there was just fighting. You know, that's Warren Ellis' thing. Let me write for yeah. two pages and ten pages of fighting. Um, so, you know, what? I think that might be something we can cover next week. But anyways, this Harley okay. Quinn episode. Um, the one thing I want to point out, if they finally got my girl in here, Catwoman. Always love me some Catwoman. Uh, I yeah. will say I am on the fence about the voice acting. Uh, Same. Because, Same. like... I have no problem that they, you know, changed it. Diversity. They went with the black cat one. Cool with that. But like, I just didn't. It didn't feel like Catwoman to me. I don't know. Now why. I will say she has the persona in this in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say the entire season because we don't know. Yeah. But in this episode, she has the persona of oh, I'm the better person. Mm-hmm. She she is. And you can kind of tell what kind of like what kind of person she is by the way Poison Ivy acts around her. Yeah, and it's hilarious because Poison Ivy is like, oh yeah, she's a total bitch, and I can't believe she does this to you know all of her friends and everything else. And Catwoman doesn't even say anything, and Poison Ivy's like agreeing with her. Yeah, like oh yeah 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 oh yeah take my jacket oh yeah. no, oh you can order order food for us and you know, like all this stuff, and yeah. it's hilarious because I feel like. I have seen that girl in mm-hmm. like my high school days. Like I know who that girl, you yeah. know. And but I I very much agree this Catwoman felt very off. Yeah, for uh, sure. Did you notice when she came into the cafe, the song that was playing? Did you catch up on that song? 
No, I don't remember. Okay, it. so the song she walks into is the Moto Moto song from fucking uh the um the thing with Ben Stiller and the zebra and the lion and um Madagascar. No way. Yes, go back and look at it. It's a fucking Moto Moto song. It's uh, and she's stealing everything, and I was just like, "That's a Moto Moto song!" Like, that's yeah, dude, hilarious. Like, it's so great. I was like, "Holy shit, that's awesome!" Um, but yeah, so I then it, like so yeah, she comes in to the cafe. She steals all this shit off of all these people to the Moto Moto song, and um, basically, what's happening is at the start of this episode, we see Harley wants to kill uh, you know, Mister Freeze, but she can't get into his freaking castle and everything like that because nothing that she has breaks ice like nothing can break it and of course we get the random like explanation from the two guards of how to get in randomly like oh yeah nothing's gonna get through this you gotta have freaking fireflies fire gun like what are you doing guy blah blah you're gonna tell her that it's located over here too like basically the explanation of the whole episode gets told by these two guys and they're like sweet bro later and um, so I thought that was funny, like when, you know, episodes uh, when shows like this kind of do that because you can get away with it. And, um, yeah. you know, so it sets up the whole episode on what we what for us, what to expect. Um, the side story that's happening is Riddler is playing with uh, what is it? Mr. Psycho or uh, I forget his yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dr. Psycho. Yeah, Dr. Psycho. There you go. And uh, just kind of showing that he's like so much better than he he is. And uh, so like Dr. Psycho is trying to find Riddler because Riddler escapes and like uh, there's that whole side story going on. But uh, we have Harley Quinn, Kite Man, uh, Poison Ivy, and Catwoman trying to break into this museum to steal this gun. <laughs> now, I didn't go back and look. I saw this episode really early on Friday, and I breezed through it. But apparently, there was a shitload of Easter eggs in that museum that I didn't even bother to look at. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff. Um, of course, the Two-Faced Giant Coin, mm. the T-Rex... Um, they had a uh, Deathstroke sword. They had all sorts yeah. of stuff in that museum. It was insane. That was that is ironically stuff that should be in Batman's cave. Yeah, but you know, with no Batman, has somebody found the Batcave? Because Robin still seems pretty fine. But you yeah. know, um. Yeah. Anyways, so there's this crazy heist going on. Kite Man drops them off because he's apparently their ride everywhere. And uh, Catwoman and Ivy go in first, and uh, right before Harley Quinn's going, she's like, hey, I'm actually going to go in with you guys. And he's going to get this ring for Poison Ivy because he wants to propose to her. Propose. Yeah. Yeah. And he just gets his ass kicked the whole episode by all of these things. I genuinely thought, I genuinely thought, I was like, dude, they're going to kill off Kite Man. No, so I think that's going to happen. Like, I, really? Yeah, well, so, you know, we're a little spoiler for the end of the episode. Harley, uh, Ivy, it doesn't want to, it seems like she doesn't want to get married because it kind of gives off the lesbian or the bisexual tones in this whole episode. Like, it does, but at the very end of the episode, she goes back to Kite Man and says, hey, yeah, ask me again. For sure. Like, but so, I I don't know, dude. Yeah, like, well, uh, I think bisexuality, she can love both. So, it was totally yeah, fine. Yeah, but I, I genuinely think that it's going to take the road of like Kite Man will eventually die and then Harley Quinn will be like, well, shit, I like her. So I'm going to make my move. I think they are going to build to a wedding to where he will die. I think they're going to like do a wedding and freaking uh, what could happen is Kite Man dies. Maybe Ivy goes on like an evil spree. Harley Quinn's the one that talks her back. So like that's good character development right there. Because, yeah. like, you know, yeah. Harley's not going to want to fight Ivy. 
So that would be really good. And she just goes on a rampage killing people or doing whatever she does. I think that'd be really cool. And she brings her back. You know what I mean? So I think that might be something that happens. But yeah, so the whole thing is like uh, Riddler ends up, you know, just punking out Dr. Cycle this whole time. And he ends up just coming back. He's like, what's up, guys? He's like, why would I leave? He's like, I get so much exercise here. I get to make fun of you guys all day. Like, I get free food. (laughs) He was like, it's perfect. (laughs) Like, he just like, it's so great. Like, he just punks them out so bad. Um, so I thought that was really cool. You know, of course, classic lines from like, you know, Clayface and, uh, you know, King Shark and all that shit. Um, but yeah, I just really love the stuff that was going on with Ivy Catwoman because like Catwoman was like, you were doing so much before this. Like, why? What are you doing now? Like you were one of the top dogs. Like, you know, you were fighting eco terrorists or you were an eco terrorist. You were, you know, killing people. You're doing all this stuff. It's like like now you're just with these people. Like what, what's going on? Uh, so like it was kind of like Catwoman was getting in Ivy's head, and so Ivy was yeah. like, "Oh, I don't. Why do I want to get married? Why do I want to do this?" And then of all people, I I mean, Harley Quinn was the one to bring her down. She was like, "Well, you do seem kind of different with Kite Man. You know what I mean? Like you actually seem happy and this and that and blah blah." She was like, "He sucks. She was. He, was, he really sucks. But you know, after a while, he kind of grows on you." And she was like, "Yeah, he does, doesn't he?" And so like that's what led to freaking ivy going back to kite man who's his ass is like beat like he's just been he's wrecked and he's all like, like i don't know i like i guess there was like bees and yeah stuff, like in the museum like he like his eye is swollen <laughs> there's a giant like thing on his cheek yeah that is super swollen and no the funniest part of that entire episode was one of the last lines she says you know what i came back here because you know, maybe I'm not totally convinced that I don't want this. So please ask me again. Yeah. And he goes, are you sure? And she's, and she says, yes, ask me again. And he says, okay, because I can't do this for a fourth time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's so good. <laughs> so man. you know that he's asked her like nonchalantly probably. Yeah. Uh, he reminds me very much like, I don't know if you are a big office fan mm-hmm. but he is a michael scott me and my wife are re-watching the office right now mm-hmm. he is the steve carell character he is the one that is super awkward and will just say what's on his mind no matter what and i think that kite man is that character oh for sure he's gonna say those really stupid things regardless of if it's a normal thing that any human being should say yeah and i think that's why they're gonna build up this whole season of them possibly getting married like if she says yes in this next episode or whatever, or they're both engaged or whatever, I think they're going to be like, yeah, what are we going to do for the wedding? Like, where are we going to get married at? And all this stuff. And I wouldn't be surprised if on the finale he dies. <laughs> and that just leads to her being like, what? Like, you know what I mean? And Harley's just like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Because yeah, like, for sure. Because who would be... Kite Man could easily get killed by the Joker. And then, like, I... Ivy would just lose it, you know what I mean? And like that's how Joker comes back by ruining the wedding. Because you know Harley will be the the maid of honor. Like yeah. so like it would be very interesting to to see that and then of course Batman shows up, you know, too. Yeah. So like yeah, I don't know, man. I think I think he dies at the end of the season, which would be crazy because we're like talking that about a fucking hilarious. comedy cartoon show that are going to have some of the <laughs> highest stakes ever. Um but yeah, no, I thought the episode was pretty cool. Uh, I don't think it was better than the first two. I thought the first two were pretty good. Um, but this one was solid. You know, the these episodes have definitely yeah. been solid. But I feel like it is focusing a lot more on story this time around than, yeah. like, the first season was just, like, comedy, 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 which I actually loved. Like, I still think about the Aquaman episode 
Like the Aquaman <laughs> episode was so good. And he's like, hey, there's a YMCA down the thing. Oh, yeah, let me yeah, just put freshwater put... fish in chlorinated water. What are you, five? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, dude. Oh, yeah, shit. I love that episode. And Bane's like, I'm stepping on your fish. Look at me. Like, dude. <laughs> dude yeah that was just one of the best episodes like oh, i want to see more Man, of I that think, i think on my downtime i might have to just like rewatch season one yeah dude. it was really good yeah. like looking back at it it was like it had some really stupid episodes yeah. but man, the bar mitzvah when they're like all making out with harley oh, the, uh, uh, Ivy. yeah yeah like it's just so good man so like yeah if you guys have not seen harley quinn and you you have access to sci-fi and you don't have access to dc Go watch it. It's a good show. DVR that shit. Like, it's really funny. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed this episode. You know, I like I said, like uh, it is focusing more on story. I enjoyed that we finally saw Catwoman. Wasn't really feeling the vibe of Catwoman. But hopefully, you know, she gets more screen time in the future. And, uh, you know, things just improve. But uh, so far, I can't complain about this season. It's been pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all we got, ladies and gentlemen. We managed to squeeze out a two hour show out of all of this content that we've had. Um but yeah, super yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's insane. We'll see what happens next week. So I did talk to Rob, which is our comic guy, and he says that the comic shops are going to slowly start opening, hopefully. Um, they're thinking about doing some stuff. But I asked him if he had any like information, if we're getting anything new. I think the first thing we'll be able to cover is Batman and the Outsiders. And I think yeah. that comes out in like two weeks or something like that. So we'll finally be getting some content here in a little bit. Maybe we got one, two more shows max of random content. And then hopefully we'll have comics back. Although I do not know when we'll be able to review the main Batman title because I have not seen that solicitation anywhere. So, yeah. um, but you know what? Like I said, we we've definitely got some random stuff we can review on the DC Universe app, and we will be reading that one that had it, it just looked batshit crazy. So we're gonna review that for next. Yeah, week. I just I just flipped through it. Like not only one different Batman, yeah. but it looks like four different Batman exactly come out of nowhere. Exactly. That's why I was just like, what? And I was like, I gotta read this because it's just this could be my new Odyssey. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> uh but anyways guys thank you so much for listening to us we really appreciate it uh clay i know you got a bunch of stuff you want to pimp out so go ahead and do that yeah go ahead and uh look up uh the show of my show on fanboy comics podcast you can find it anywhere that you listen to podcasts i'm on twitter and on instagram and then i also do another show that is uh mainly dc books but we go full range not just batman uh, with the Comic Book Legion podcast. Of course, because there's no new books, we've been doing random stuff. The book that I'm going to be reviewing uh, this weekend for that show is a book called Ice Cream Man. And that is uh, basically based off the old, like, scary story, like, legend of Ice Cream Man. Okay. So, it was pretty intense. I read it this morning. Nice. But, uh, yeah. So, definitely be on the lookout for that. And, uh, yeah. That's uh, pretty much all I'm pimping out right now. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, definitely go check that out, guys. Go follow him on Instagram. That's probably the best place you can get information from Clay's uh, a lot of the, his content. Uh, but yeah, me, you can definitely always Juice Reacts channel is always popping off. Upload videos 
about five to six times a week. I usually take one day off during the week. Life's been kind of crazy recently, so I have missed a couple days. Uh, definitely go check that out, especially if you are a Warhammer 40k fan, which is a universe I've just started to dive into recently, which is just as vast as the fucking Batman universe I'm finding out. So uh, it's pretty <laughs> crazy. And of course, if you haven't already, go check us out on twitch.tv slash juice from the box because shit has been popping off over there dude it's so yeah crazy. the channel's been growing a lot it's been really fun new people are coming in it seems like every stream and uh, it's been fun we're doing a lot of cool like chat stuff we just played some drawing game the other day and uh you know we're playing final fantasy 7 still playing gta and just a whole bunch of games it's fun if you want to come talk about the podcast that is the best place clay's usually in the chat so we can definitely talk about the podcast if you want to come hang out there um, again, I would suggest following me on Twitter. I mean, not on Twitter, on Instagram, because I will post when we go live every time there because the schedule is kind of all over the place. But that's going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. As always, he is Fanboy Clay. I am Juice Wayne. Remember, Batman is awesome. Batman!